refers to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them, because they change things. They push the human race forward. While some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. We're back in the palatial, powerful nonsense studios. On my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not my house. My parents. My mum's. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are talking about how people should live their lives and Jen, you're living with your parents. It happens. Not that's bad. Quite a few live with their parents. Saves a lot of money. Welcome to episode 17, <laughs> talking about uh, reality distortion fields and how we can create our own reality distortion fields. Um, yeah. Yeah. This conversation, wow, this episode came from a conversation we were having uh probably a couple of weeks ago now about um our lives <laughs> in general and um yeah do you want to yeah no basically we came into that sort of topic because um i'd actually lost one of my clients for doing their social media management and i was getting a bit down and it's, as soon as i lost someone i was taking it to heart and i was just like oh maybe this ain't the right thing and then you managed to give me a little bit of a pep talk and then we got talking about how how we so important to kind of keep that positive mindset mm-hmm. and then we went into the whole Steve Jobs thing and then we was like actually because we both felt a lot better after we had that conversation yeah, and then we was like actually maybe we should just share yeah, sort of our going, ideas and I was going through some issues as well wasn't I and uh, I'd gone oh the, all these problems and then you went well I've got problems and I went yeah but Jem you can fix these problems and basically gave <laughs> we you advice that I should other. have been yeah. uh... <laughs> we cancelled each other and then we was like actually let's just share what our, our thoughts are on this really yeah yeah. So uh yeah, we decided it was time to do an episode on on the reality distortion field. Uh but before we dive right into that, um do you want to give us the uh opening quote, Mr. Jem? Yeah, sure. It's by Will Smith and he says, "Being realistic is the most common path to mediocrity." Now, can I just confirm is that Will Smith the actor? Yes, it, it is. is. Okay. He's quite profound actually. I mean, if you go onto YouTube, you get a mm. lot of his videos where he's got those one-liners that just hit home. Yeah, I, um, he's got quite an interesting outlook on the on the world. I think for, definitely, for, definitely uh, worth checking out for somebody that started as uh, the Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so um, so obviously he talks about being being realistic and and how um, if you if you do kind of think kind of like it within the box, you're never going to do anything outside the box. Obviously. Um, but also, there's there's obviously, how does that compare to being unrealistic in terms of... Well, I just think as anybody who's doing something that's a bit out there, whether you're an entrepreneur or whatever's happening, you have to be unrealistic. And I think that's what a lot of this episode is going to be about. It's about creating that unreality in order to pursue those sort of things that you want to want to do, really. 
Awesome. And obviously, um, as we said at the top, the main focus of what we're talking about and, and kind of what branches off from that is uh, the reality distortion field, um, which I believe was first coined by Apple um, and the Apple employees talking about Steve Jobs and, and how he um, reacted to the world around him, etc., etc. And it was, it was this concept where he had such um, un faltering belief in everything that he did that people would say yeah you have he is restore distorting reality um in that room um and it was it became a very well-known fact like when ceos would meet with him they'd be like no i'm not going to be affected by his reality distortion field and then they'd come out of the meeting and he'd have employed them on the board of apple and <laughs> they wouldn't have known wouldn't didn't know what happened and uh, uh, an example of it was uh, i think because I'm, I'm reading the biography at the moment as i think i say every episode i'm reading it's, a big, it's a big biography it is it's like 800 pages <laughs> um but there was a a moment um and i think this kind of sums up the reality distortion quite well i think he was sat in the car behind the wheel i think he was behind the wheel and uh with a girl and he went Right, you drive. And he just fell asleep in the driver's seat of the car. <laughs> and he had his foot down. And just then she had to drive. Because he just didn't think that the rules applied to him. Because anything was possible in, in his eyes. Um, so it's that sort of thing. It's that um, the rules of the world don't kind... Or rules of reality, rather, don't really apply. And I can bend reality and I can distort reality to... Was, was it something that he sort of the sort of his staff said as sort of like a backhanded thing like they were sort of saying it behind his back yeah. and he didn't have any sort of conscious awareness of it it was just part not of initially who he was. anyway not oh, okay. initially and then I think somebody uh, printed t-shirts um, saying something about Steve's reality distortion field okay um, something like uh, I was affected by Steve's reality distortion field or something like that okay. and they would they'd wear them around the office so he did become aware of it but not initially not initially no. And so, what are, what are the sort of benefits of a reality distortion field, or how do you... Well, I mean, if we if we look at Steve Jobs, first of all, um, I mean, if you look at what he managed to achieve, um, which people were told him were not possible. Um, I mean, if you look at um, Apple computers and all of their hardware, um, you can't you can't tamper with them, you can't tamper with the software really it's a very closed platform and everybody was saying well no no everybody's got to be open to it. even steve wozniak who uh, co-founded apple with steve jobs was like no we need to keep it open so that everybody can have a play and he was like no i want it completely closed i want complete control of it and everybody said that that business model could not possibly work and now looking 30 40 years later apple is one of the largest companies in the world um and I was reading some stats. If you look at the iPad alone, if yeah, you took so the that. iPad business out of Apple and set it up as its own business, it would still be in the top 100 of the Fortune 500 companies. Wow. The iPad alone. Um, and there was a point where Apple had more cash available to it than the American government a, a year or two ago. Um, so he took what everybody believed to be impossible and made it very possible and very successful and that i don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for his reality distortion field because it was this undying confidence in what he was doing he and he always says like customers 
I don't. He never did market research, or at least he claimed to never do market research, because he was like, "Well, how can the customer know what they want until they've seen it?" Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that kind of mentality of I don't need anybody to tell me what I need to do. I know what I need to do, and I'm going to go out and do it and see what happens. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But obviously, with that comes a lot of confidence, and you've got to have something like I mean, you've got to have a lot of knowledge or a lot of. I don't know how you feed that into yourself to get into that mind frame where is what I say goes and I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep pushing it. So it's not an easy thing. Absolutely to sort of not. I think, I think that's the real secret to it because I think if everybody could create their own realities distortion field to the level that Steve Jobs could, everybody would. Um, and I think it's just the pure, uh, just being completely bombastic about it and just like what I say goes kind of thing. But, not in a way that's going to upset people, even though Steve Jobs did very much upset a lot of people. But it's just that that view of, I know what I need to do and nothing's going to get in my way. I mean, he wasn't really, I don't know if he was born with that sort of mentality, but I mean, it must be something that he, because I know he went through his whole sort of hippie stage and went very, was it very Buddha-like and he kind of went through these sort of, were those the sort of thing that sort of influenced his way of thinking, or was it just sort of inbuilt? Cause I, I, know. I think it started when he was very, very young, because quite early on in the biography, um, they, because obviously he was adopted, and um, he was sat on the front garden apparently with a girl that lived on his street when he was probably about four, um, and she said. Because he, because they, his adopted parents had told him very early on that he was adopted, which was very brave of them. And the girl said to him, "You know, do you? Does it not upset you the fact that you that your real parents didn't want you?" Whoa! And this was coming from like a four or five year old, which wow! And apparently he went into the house sobbing, and his parents, his adopted parents, turned around to him and said, "Look, they may not have wanted you." but we chose you out of all of the children that we could have chosen. We chose you, which makes you special. Um, and I think he clung on to that as his justification for himself and his justification for his existence and everything. I think that that is the moment that really shaped him as a person because he even went into school at that age thinking he was special and he was better than everybody else um, and I think I mentioned about his maths teacher a few episodes ago that had bribed him into uh, you know staying focused because he the the sort of things that he was being taught just didn't keep him occupied and he didn't care for it because he considered himself special and why should he learn what everybody else is learning and there was a, a huge level of arrogance that developed because of that um, and I think and we'll get onto this later on, but I think that was ultimately his downfall was the whole reality distortion field became a level of arrogance after a while um, because his experiences had been that if he distorts reality, he'll distort it to the level that he wants it to be mm-hmm. and anything is possible. 
But like you're saying there, like if he's been brought up feeling he's special, I mean, most of us probably go, we probably start feeling we're special while mm-hmm. your parents are always going to say, oh, you're special and I'll show you so much love. And then you go into school and then you're told actually you're probably not that good or your grades tell you they're not that good. So yeah. it's sort of if you're constantly told throughout your life that you're something special, you're going to hold on to that. Whereas I'd say the majority of us are probably sort of beaten down along that path. There we, yeah. we I lose mean, that. I think it's, uh, it's a thing where, and this is kind of, I think, where you have to kind of start, is no, nobody, really, it's going to be very rare that somebody tells you you are special. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have to be the one, first of all, to tell yourself that you're special. Um, and it's it's that kind of thing, if, you know, that old cliche, if you can't love you, who will, kind of thing. I think you have to start and say, look, I am more capable at X than anybody else. Um, and I did I did the same when I was at school. Once I decided I wanted to be an actor, um, and I was very young when I decided to do that, uh, we had a, a yearly arts festival, which had awards and stuff. It was a competition, essentially. And it had singing, acting, and all sorts of stuff. And I said to myself, once I'd made the decision I want to be an actor, I said... To justify this whole thing to myself, by the time I leave school, I have to have won the Best Actor Award, and I can do it. And on my final year, I won it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have won it if I hadn't said to myself, I can do it. And not only did I win it at school, I then went on to win the same award, essentially, when I was training as an actor professionally at university, and I finished being awarded for the best individual performance and i think i only got there because i was i convinced myself that i could do it um that's not to say that i am any better than anybody else but it was the mindset it's the mindset of i can do it i will do it and nobody's going to stop me but then steve jobs obviously had a lot of products that he totally believed in that Mm -hmm. probably fell flat on their face and i mean yeah definitely so how would how would that affect somebody that's going to obviously i mean we talk about the way that he kind of really tries to focus really on the positives out of that situation, mm-hmm. kind of let go of the things that didn't happen. Yeah. And I guess you've got to have a lot of that sort of that sort of mentality as well. Yeah, I think you've kind of got to go, you've kind of got to look at why things failed and why things succeeded um, and then kind of use that as, as your leverage because it is very easy if, if you're defeated at something to take it as a defeat as opposed to an opportunity is that every cloud has a silver lining kind of thing uh take a negative and turn it into a positive um because okay yeah a, a product that you've created uh, in whatever field you're in could flop but what did you learn from that because if you go well it flopped ev- nobody knows what they want <laughs> then you're not going to learn anything you're not going to develop from that and you're actually you're re- distorting reality in a negative way. And I think the key to the whole reality distortion field thing is you've got to distort everything into a positive. Because if you start distorting things into a negative, your own experiences are going to become negative. Your own mindset is going to become negative. And because if, if you go, well, my product flopped, people obviously don't obviously are stupid because it's obviously a brilliant product mm-hmm. your whole reality is going to shift into i can do anything but I wa- that i want but the world's stupid and they're never never going to let me fulfill it anyway so what's the point mm-hmm. for example um whereas if you say okay well 
I was onto a good idea. I obviously executed it wrong, but what worked, what really worked, and then focus on that and distort the reality onto that positive, I think. So a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it is, you say it starts with your own mindset. You have to sort of believe something yourself. So in a way, you kind of have to find a way of manipulating yourself before yeah. you can kind of then put that vision onto other people. And I think obviously that's that's the biggest problem a lot of sort of entrepreneurs or people have who are going out on their own. It's like having, I think that's the biggest step to actually believe that what you create could be possible. And I think that's what obviously a lot of people have a lot of difficulties with. Like even me, when I said last week, when I kind of lost a client, I was like, oh, and I kind of, it damaged my reality distortion field mm-hmm. and it kind of made me feel, oh, maybe this isn't right. And that's what I think is so difficult for people to do. Yeah. And I think, again, it's a, a bit of a cliche, but it's that whole take it on the chin kind of thing. I mean, again, if you look at, if you look at Steve Jobs, um, he was thrown out of the company that he created and then came back with a vengeance. Um but I don't think he would have been able to do that if he hadn't built the reality distortion field that he had in the sense of he was very capable, he knew what the world needed kind of thing. Um, Because if he didn't have that, he would never have come back to Apple. He would have gone, well, obviously Apple was stupid. And, you know, to a degree he did kind of hold that vendetta against Apple for a while. Um, But I think if he hadn't built the strong reality distortion field around himself, he, he probably would have been more like, well, what's the point? What's the point in me going back there? Because obviously I'm not good at what I do, blah, 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 blah. But he'd built the reality distortion field so that he knew he was amazing at what he did. And, you know, many people will argue, well, actually, was he that amazing? Because he just took ideas that already existed and put them together. Like, what's so amazing about that? People would argue. Or he never invented anything or whatever. You hear all sorts of arguments. But that is irrelevant because the point is he's, he was successful at what he did and nobody else had done what he did. Um, and that is because of the reality distortion field that he built around himself. I think that's the that's the key there is that you really have to sort of, it's, it's, it's hard to maintain that reality distortion field in a way. Like you say, if you have, a lot of people might start a business and then they have that, something goes wrong and then they're okay, that's damaged the reality. Then something goes wrong again. Like for Steve Jobs, he had that massive up. So once you've got a huge, like something that works out for you, that just creates the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. But it also can happen in the opposite direction. Definitely. And I think that's what a lot of people sort of face. And I think that's really like, it's, it's so difficult to get over that. And like how do you I mean I know a lot of people say you've got to create these sort of small wins or these sort of simulations that kind of get that ball rolling how do you think that people can do that like sort of I know I'm sort of asking as if I'm in the UV in a way (laughs) (laughs) we need to make it a bit more into a conversation but um yeah I mean a lot of it goes down like you say it's about this sort of way of reframing things and like when you're creating that that reality distortion you need to learn how to sort of reframe in a way that are are positive to you because mm-hmm. what could look like a failure like you say you have to switch on his head and be able to turn it back into a positive and that then keeps the reality there yeah definitely i think oh, you kind of hit the nail on the head there in, in terms of that and it kind of goes back to what i was saying like if you take the uh, product that's flopped and say well obviously the world doesn't know what they want um then you're going, your reality is going to be distorted in a negative way and it's, it's just focusing on that positive and it, it goes back to that whole idea of if you believe in something strong enough 
so long as you're not disobeying the laws of nature and the laws of physics and the laws of chemistry or whatever anything is possible um and and i think that's kind of what everybody everybody forgets i mean we've been programmed as we've talked about many times to be subdued and to be um not aim too high because if you aim too high you upset the status quo um because as again steve jobs says as you can tell it's a very steve jobs centric episode yeah. <laughs> but when you're talking about reality distortion field you can't help but be um but he you know if you look at the world and and realize that actually everything that exists in this world beyond nature itself has been built by people that are no smarter than you are suddenly you can disrupt things and change things and manipulate things into a level um that that new things happen i mean that's why innovation happens that's why that's why now the phone in my pocket has got more technology within it than the computer that i had 10 years ago and it's more powerful than that there's more there's more power in an iphone than the technology that sent the first rocket up to the moon that's quite scary <laughs> exactly um but that's only happened because people have gone, well, hang on, surely this isn't the limit. The limits. Surely we can do other things. And that's where technology comes from. People go, I mean, sci-fi, the precursor to science fact, as they say, the reason it becomes science fact is people go, well, hang on, is that possible? You look at Star Trek and the amounts of things that we now have that were in Star Trek, um, and they were dreams. They were pipe dreams when Star Trek came about. But they, they came about because they were in Star Trek. Because someone dared to dream that something would be possible. Um, and so we've, we've, we've worked to achieve that. Um, iPhones, for an example, are those things in Star Trek. iPads, the same. Um, and it's because people have gone, well, this is what I hope is possible. And somebody somewhere has gone, well, of course that's possible. And that's reality distortion in itself, really. And do you think it's a sort of a one-man thing, though? Is it that you have to, or like a lot of, like you say, if if Steve Jobs had to rely on everybody else, he had to bring in these minds, he had to bring in these other people and pull them into that, that system. So it's it's not like a lot of people who go into entrepreneurship as well. They always sort of feel like, oh, it's me against the world. Mm-hmm. But really, like the fact that we had that conversation last week is because yeah. I had to rely on you to sort of mm-hmm. bring me back up and get me back into my okay. I can do this. These are the things are going to move the right mm-hmm. way. And like we were saying earlier, how um, we started listening to podcasts and you start hearing about all these successful people and or what like they've got their own businesses or they're doing the things we want to do. And the more you listen to those, the more you sort of it allows you it allows it to become part of your reality. Mm-hmm. And I think. Hey, that's the, like people can't think that okay I need to just start willfully thinking that whatever I do is going to be gold yeah and I, I think this is where uh, the reality distortion field becomes really powerful and I think this is where we're going to really start getting into the meat of the subject is the reality distortion field for it to be really effective and really powerful is not just about yourself because mm-hmm. anybody can have a positive mental attitude yeah. Anybody can do that. But it's not gonna it's not gonna be as effective unless other people buy into it. Yeah. Um and what I was saying to you, because you were saying how, you know, you were getting frustrated by the way people were reacting to you when you when you said, Oh, I'm just recording a podcast with my mate. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, well, why instead of saying that, why don't you say, oh, I'm uh, co-producing a podcast today or co-producing the next episode of a podcast? It sounds a lot more grandiose. Oh, producing. Oh, great. Or I'm a podcast producer. Oh, great. Rather than I record a podcast in my bedroom. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? For example. And that's that's where you then buy, get people to buy in to your beliefs. I say, as I was saying to you with regard to my production company, I said from the very beginning, I said, we have to behave like we're a multi-million dollar company. Because if we behave like we're a multi-million dollar company some people are going to genuinely believe that we are a multi-million dollar company. And that's not me trying to be deceptive with the company. That's just branding. That's just saying we are capable of that if we've got the money. And particularly in this day and age where brands are so important, I mean, it's the, it's the complete buzzword and it has been for the last five, six years, brand. Like, everybody has to be a brand, a personal brand. Like, every person that wants to be self-employed on any level has to now treat themselves as a brand because the world is, is brand-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, with you saying, you know, I work from home isn't as powerful as I, run, I own a business. Well, that's what we were talking about, that sort of difference between someone saying, I'm a freelancer mm-hmm. or I'm a, I'm a businessman or I run my own business. Exactly. And people don't really understand what an entrepreneur is. So saying I'm an entrepreneur... It sounds fancy. (laughs) Well, it sounds fancy, but I was actually going to go the other way and say, you know, people kind of go, so you just come up with ideas. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, Quite often people go, entrepreneur is a posh sounding word for... Nowadays, I think, especially in the tech sort of world, everyone sort of, an entrepreneur sounds like a cool thing. It's coming back to that sort of, it's cool, you're a tech person. But I mean, an entrepreneur could be somebody who washes cars. Yeah. Like it's the mindset, it's not Absolutely. the actual, but like you say, it's the what people have brought to that mm-hmm. word. But if you say I own a business rather than I'm self employed, because self employed implies I work for myself. Mm-hmm. It's in the words, I work for myself. I yeah. don't have a boss. Yeah. I work from home and hope to make some money. Whereas if you say I own a business, suddenly people go, ooh, or I own a company. That's why uh, people would rather use a limited company for something to a degree than just a self-employed freelancer Mm -hmm. because a limited company okay yes there's all the legal ramifications of the fact that actually it's more secure but also by saying you know whatever you know social media gems social media limited or yieldis social media (laughs) limited sounds much better than yeah gem yieldis and people are going to obviously trust that more than me Mm -hmm. saying i'm doing it from home Mm -hmm. or whatever that's why it's better as well like how many times have you uh, looked for to hire someone to do some work for you and they've only got a mobile number on their website yeah you suddenly go no i'm not using you yeah where's your landline because a landline looks more professional if you see somebody with the email address you know wayne ingram at hotmail.com as opposed to info at wayne ingram.com yeah which one are you more likely to go with the person that's got info at wayneingram.com because it looks more professional. So we're talking about, obviously you're saying there that you're creating this reality, but you're also using the fact that you know you can bend the reality because mm. you you have to use, obviously, like you say there, you're using what people are already, their frame of reference yeah. against them. So you're, you're saying, okay, these are the way, the rules, these are the rules, mm-hmm. but I'm going to stand outside and use what the rules are 
to create the vision around it really i'm going to bend the rules for my benefit yeah well I, well if you look at it everybody's reality is based off their own experience mm-hmm. so if you if we go back to the the business that or the businessman that's only got his mobile number on on the uh, <clears throat> on his website the person that's going to them automatically goes well you're just like me you're just another person with a mobile mm-hmm. so why should I trust you to do the work when you could be anyone? Whereas all of a sudden, if you've got a dedicated landline to your business, suddenly that makes you more important because there is this direct line to the business Mm -hmm. and not everybody has a direct line to their business. And likewise, um, if you've got anybody can have a hotmail.com email address, anyone can sign up for that. And to a degree, anyone could sign up to have wayneingram.com. Mm-hmm. But not everybody knows how to do that. And so everybody goes, well, you've got a level of expertise that I don't understand. Therefore, you must be an expert. It was like what we were saying earlier as well. Like even just the fact when you turn up wearing a suit or mm-hmm. you're well-groomed, like that again is mm-hmm. you already come across straight away. Then the guy who comes in khakis and a T-shirt, you automatically look more powerful or you've you're more prestigious than the guy although the guy in the car keys could be a multi-millionaire but if you're the guy turn up in the suit looking very slick suddenly the reality that people put on you is that okay this guy yeah. he's successful well exactly i mean if you if you they all say if you go into the bank asking for a loan don't turn up in your your tracksuit <laughs> not that anybody wears a tracksuit these days but, <laughs> but in, in jeans and a t-shirt mm-hmm. you know turn up in a suit turn up well dressed because yeah. automatically the the reality that you are dispersing to everyone is I'm well dressed I look after myself and if I'm well dressed I've clearly got enough money to be well dressed but then so then the bank goes well you're going to be able to pay that money back no problem yeah but didn't Steve Job he kind of went to the extreme he was like so confident that he would turn up and just stick his feet on the table and yeah and be like, well, you just want what I've got, like. <laughs> but yeah, but also in the sa- in the same respect, where he's he's kind of done the same thing, but he's he's been so unapologetic about it. He's so confident, and he's distorted reality so much that he's gone. He's I don't gone need the to wear a suit, yeah, because I'm so goddamn good at my job. I'm going to come in to your office barefoot yeah. and stick my feet on your desk so he's sort of gone beyond like that person would never imagine someone would have the cheek to do that so he's smashed the already the illusion of what is somebody who knows what they're talking about yeah he's gone beyond it with that outrageous confidence yeah it's got to be like i've got to listen to this guy he's like no one's walked in here and done that before exactly <laughs> and 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 that's why the reality distortion field becomes more powerful when you bring other people into it because on your own it's just arrogance really isn't it if you if you that's a good point if you go in and you go i am the fucking excuse me i am the best in the world at what i do yeah and you've not brought anybody into that reality everybody's going to go well you're deluded well we were talking about a lot sort of um what's his name uh, martin luther king and we were saying that like you say initially he was a guy who just believed okay he wanted um, rights for black people on his own he wasn't he, and this is what was really really amazing it's like well I, I was reading up a bit onto this and like he he used the words like um uh what was it 
I'm forgetting his speech now. I had a dream, mm-hmm. and he weren't saying I'm this, but he's saying I had a dream that the world was this way. And yeah. like you say, when people bought into his dream, they didn't buy into him. They bought into this notion mm-hmm. of his dream, and so he weren't the arrogant guy thinking he on his own. Like he weren't the power by himself. Yeah, he created the delusion, which was the dream, mm-hmm. and then these and everybody who started following this idea into the dream mm-hmm. and so they weren't buying into him as a person really he just created that sort of reality distortion and as soon as people started buying into the idea then everybody created this whole everybody was in the delusion or the reality distortion yeah. and obviously then they managed to get what they wanted out yeah. of it and that's where steve jobs really did a very good job with his reality distortion field because he he made everybody he made every, he empowered everybody else with his reality distortion mm-hmm. field and that's the trick is you if you believe in what you're doing so much and can pass that on to everybody else suddenly they are then going to look at you as a thought leader or a, an influencer because without you they would not have achieved that in their belief except actually the truth is they always had that ability but except you've made them aware of it like for example when they were working on i think it was the original mac and steve jobs went in and he went i want 12 resistors on that circuit Mm -hmm. board and the guy went it's not possible yeah it's going to take me it's going to take me months to be able to engineer all of that to get 12 resistors on that circuit board i can only get six and then steve jobs said to him if it was a matter of life or death for your family and you had 24 hours to get 12 resistors on that circuit board could you do it and he went, possibly. And he went, well, then do it. And he did more, didn't and he? And he got something like 32 <laughs> resistors on the circuit board in 24 hours. Um, and that was only made because Steve Jobs distorted his reality. And, that's and he went, of course it... it's possible. Why are you telling me it's not possible? If it was a matter of life or death and you needed to do it, yeah. would it be possible? Well, yeah, it, it might be possible. Well, then stop messing around <laughs> and do it. And that's where that sort of frame of reference comes in. And you people do need other people to jolt that your own frame of reference. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, people say like the brain works on patterns and it's comfortable with patterns. It would love to process things in ways that are comfortable. Yeah. And so sometimes you need that one person to come along who has the balls to say, actually, I don't believe that pattern or we need to break through what everyone's believing. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. It gives, like you say, people will help other people change their frame of reference. And that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people whose reality or their distorted reality is something that you want to buy into. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you spend time around uh, people who are pessimistic, you're going to become pessimistic yourself. Because if you're around somebody that's, you've come up with a great idea and you go, Oh, what about this idea? And they go like, mm, well, give it a go, then you're going to go in pessimistic already. Cause well, they've just punched a hole into your yeah, reality. because distortion. somebody's doubting you. So you're like, well, hang on. Is that is that possible? Whereas if you're around the people that are going, yeah, go for it, see what happens, mm-hmm. then you've gone in with no predetermined ideas other than just belief that it could do something. Um, and yeah, I just think that's the difference between a successful reality distortion field and delusion is the fact that it's it's the people around you that you've got to buy into that that have got to buy into your reality so is is sort of um reality distortion field who the person who can create the most powerful reality distortion field is probably we'd say is the most successful leader in a way is a leader has to have that or is it just the first or is it what do you think cuz i mean all leaders must be amazing at reality distortion because they have to bring so many people into their vision or is it just something that's very 
self in well, we're just, um uh yeah i kind of i kind of agree but i don't think it's limited to leaders Be- uh, it's tough because i think the key is is to is to show people like for example um if i said to you um eating 12 eggs a day is going to make you hench right i'd There's- say i'd say i'm already hench well, <laughs> well, obviously you're ripped to hell, Jim. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but no, I mean, no. Yeah, si- yeah. There's just an example. Yeah. No science behind this at all. But if I said to you, twelve eggs, eating twelve eggs a day is going to make you hench, right? Mm-hmm. You might go, no, it's not. Like if it was that easy, everybody would be eating twelve eggs, right? Whereas if I said to you, just eat twelve eggs a day, right? Just trust me on this. Just eat twelve eggs a day, and then you became hench then you're going to believe that eating 12 eggs a day is going to make you hench. Whether or not it was the 12 eggs or not, the point is, you've tried it, and you've become hench. I've said, if you do this, you'll get X result. Mm-hmm. Rather than, here's a bit of trivia for you, if you eat this, you get X result. People go, yeah, but whatever. Whereas if you go, there's your 12 eggs, eat your 12 eggs, become hench. Suddenly, you've got the evidence that that's going to happen. This was probably an awful example. No, I've just got a lot of arguments come back at you with that. And basically on the fact that obviously if I was qualified or I was a nutritionist and I've got all this weight behind me and I came at you and said, okay, 12 eggs. And I said to you, Wayne, like, you know, I like all fitness stuff. I said, oh, if you eat, I don't know, a cabbage every day, mm-hmm. you're going to lose loads of weight. You might be more likely to believe me or it depends what situation you are in. If if my reality distortion is if it's the way I say it to you, if I'm so adamant on I'm telling you facts, I'm telling you all this stuff, mm-hmm. you're going to buy into my reality of what I believe about the cabbage. <laughs> it, 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 it depends it's, because this is the thing, it's how you, it's how you sell it. Mm-hmm. In, the sa- in the same sense that, um, for example, right, and I'm so sorry that it's all Apple, Steve Jobs stuff. Well, we knew this episode was going to be. But it was going to be. <laughs> the iPad, right? When they first announced the iPad, even I, Apple Apple fanboy here, mm-hmm. went, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Like, that is just a big iPod touch. Why do I need a big iPod touch, right? <laughs> Steve Jobs had gone on stage and gone, it's the most magical experience you'll ever have. It's so simple to use. It's so easy to use. It, it's going to change the way technology uh, works and all this, that, and the other. And there was months and months and months before it was released. He'd just gone, here's one. And uh, so so many... I was, I was sold eventually. I was like, this is going to be amazing. Because I bought into his reality distortion, right? A lot of people didn't, right? And a lot of people went, that's going to be a lot of my friends were like that's going to be the most biggest waste of money ever mm-hmm. in fact my girlfriend at the time was like it's going to be a waste of money it's not going to be any good mm-hmm. then I got one and then I went this is amazing and everybody was like mm, no it's not and then I went have a go and suddenly everything changed because everything that I had said was going to happen happened mm-hmm and since then, that girlfriend at the time bought my first iPad. <laughs> the same person that said it's going to be a waste of money bought my first iPad off me when I upgraded. And the point I'm making is, it's okay distorting reality, but there's got to be some level of truth behind it. 
Because if you distort reality and then go, if you do this, this will happen, and then they do that, and that doesn't happen, then you've failed. Whereas if you've distorted reality to a point where you say, this will happen, if you do this, this will happen, then they do that, and that will happen. Suddenly, they've bought into your your reality distortion. And it doesn't, you don't have to be right every time. But the point is, is if you go, come into, come into this reality that I've created and good things will happen, then people are going to buy into that. You mentioned uh, to me the other week, this Dove advert with oh, the yeah. beauty patch. Yeah. And I've seen it now. Yeah, it's amazing. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on, I think it's on YouTube we'll as well. Um, and it is essentially this patch which Dove give out to people. They call it the beauty patch. And the idea being that yeah, it has some sort patch. of chemicals in it that's going to make you feel beautiful, yeah. going to make you feel like, I don't know, revived and awake. Go yeah. on, you carry on. Um, so yeah, they, these these women put this patch on and they I think they're it's like a two-week experiment and they're doing video diaries about how it makes them feel and, you know, how their life is changing and there's one woman going, yeah, I'm walking down the street and I'm feeling amazing and people, people are looking, looking at, at me. me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm getting lots of attention from guys and this that, and the other. Um, so they've bought into that whole thing and they're like, this is an amazing product. I want to buy it. I want to buy it. I want to buy it. And then they say, right, have a look at the ingredients. And it says nothing. They're like, it's literally just an A patch. There's nothing in it. It's just a patch. And they've bought into that, that reality by that point going, this is an amazing product. And, and it's that exact, it's that exact same thing. They've distorted reality and said, this patch is the key to your beauty. It's the permission. It, it, it's, it's exactly. And they've gone, if you wear this patch, you're going to feel amazing. They wear the patch and they feel amazing. But it's a brand that you kind of have grown up with. So you think you're going to trust it. You're going to think, well, yeah, it's got to happen. And once you put the patch on, then we find out it's nothing. But that's what I'm saying. I think like that's what's a really key as well. I do think a lot of it can be placebo. You can mm. trick the brain into, we were saying about, we we're going into sort of the neurology of it and the brain will wire if you if it believes it enough if the if on the evidence it's got around it it thinks yeah that why wouldn't that happen i think like we said darren brown did that whole i'm going to cure your um phobia with a tablet yeah. and he did all the things that he knew would have the biggest effect like the color of the tablet how often they take it all these different criteria mm-hmm. that he knew were triggers for people to definitely take in and as soon as they took it they were getting the reactions exactly the same process with the dove patch Mm -hmm. and so if you're if you already use what are already part of society norms and then you create the reality around it and then it happens again like we're not talking about trickery or anything no because if you've got a good product and it's meant to do what it says it's meant to do and it does what it does then people will buy into it it works yeah i mean but yeah there is a very thin line because some of it can be placebo. Some of it can be, I mean, we're going to go into it later. Some of the dangers of, of, of having a reality to, to, to extent. And like, obviously you have to always rein it in, but yeah, I think there is a gap where you have to take that leap with the reality distortion in yeah. a way. It's about perception, not deception. Mm-hmm. If you, because if somebody distorts reality and then tells you a, like a fat lie, eventually that's going to come. Mm-hmm to your attention that it's just a big fat lie and then suddenly your reality is distorted again in a negative way mm-hmm. um, because you know if somebody then goes to those women that had a beauty patch oh I've got a, be- uh, a patch that's going to make you feel like I don't know it's going to make you lose weight 
Yeah. Suddenly they're going to be like, hang on a second. Yeah. Is that patch going to make me lose weight or is it just a placebo to make me feel like I'm going to lose weight yeah. and therefore lose weight? And so their reality is then be distorted that, that pa- magic patches don't necessarily exist. Mm-hmm. Whereas if um, you change someone's perception that's still a truth, then they're going to they're gonna trust your reality distortion in the same way that all the Apple employees trusted Steve Jobs' distortion field because the amounts of times he'd said, do this and this will, this will happen. And then they did that and that happened. Um, because what he did was he removed, he removed limitations mm-hmm. rather than, than telling them a lie. He just removed limitations. He removed the limiting beliefs that we have. He removed that he removed that, well, I can't possibly get 12 resistors on this circuit board. And he went, yes, you can. And then he went, yes, I can. And then he got <laughs> 30 on there, for example. And and that's that's the thing. He's, he, he All he did was change that guy's perception. He said, the guy said, it's going to take weeks, maybe even months to get that ready. And he said, you've got 24 hours. And if it's not done in 24 hours, your family's going to be dead. Can you do it now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course I can. I think that's what they say. I think um, there's people talk about when entrepreneurs um, find out that they're, I don't know, not that all men, men are entrepreneurs, when they have their first child, mm-hmm. or if it's a woman or a man, whoever's having their first child, suddenly there's a massive fire ignited and it's like, I have to get it done now. Yeah. And there's other ways that people kind of, if you know that you're going to have no money, you're going to be on the street and in one month, like I said, you're going to get kicked out. You're going to do a whole lot more in mm-hmm. that time because the brain just has to get working. Yeah. And I think that's that's sort of important as well that like, it has to take a level of trickery of the brain because like we say the brain wants to be comfortable mm-hmm. it literally wants to keep things on a level consistently mm-hmm. and if it's in that sort of phase it's never going to create or do anything dangerous like entrepreneur entrepreneurship is dangerous to the brain yeah like it's a danger it's a hazard why would you want to put yourself through that and that's what that but then there's that's the difference between creating something that's amazing or just coasting in a way mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just kind of want to bring it back because I think the the point that we're trying to make with all of this is actually the whole reality distortion thing is influential on every part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of go on a low note, but I, when I was a teenager, I, in hindsight, think I suffered from depression. Mm-hmm. Not diagnosed, I've kind of self-diagnosed it in... <laughs> After having looked back at it, I was I was depressed as a teenager, completely and utterly depressed. And there are a lot of people that would agree with me. Um, and then I turned things around in my head um, and was still depressed for quite a few years after, but managed to turn things around. Um, and people were like, man, you're so confident. You're so lovely to people. You, you give to people. You do this. You're so happy all the time. And in my in my head i'm going no i'm not <laughs> i'm actually miserable deep down inside like but this is this is what i am this is the reality of wayne that i am presenting to you i'm a happy go lucky guy i'm i have a laugh i you know you know relaxed about everything and so that's what people believed that i was and that wasn't the case i mean it has become the case now and i've i've actually distorted my reality so much that i've actually overcome Trying that to believe yeah i yeah, fully I've, believe that you've bought into your yeah and and it's it's things like that. Like if you if you go into a bar, looking confident, not arrogant, but confident in yourself, comfortable in yourself, you know, I I can I can talk to any any woman, and at least they'll be friendly with me, and they won't think I'm a creep. Yeah. 
after a while, I mean, it might take a little bit of trial and error, but after a while, you'll get to that level where you can feel that you can talk to anyone. And it's 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 that that you've got to you've got to shift. Like as me as an actor, if I present myself like someone that could potentially be a Hollywood star to casting directors, some of them are going to go. There's something about that guy that's really bankable. Mm-hmm. We could really sell that guy. And then eventually, if I get in front of the right person that believes it enough, they're going to take the gamble. In the same way that with your uh, your business. If you go in there going, I own a business, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this. Eventually, if you're confident enough in it, people are going to are gonna react to that and go, yeah, of course you can. It's that same thing about the guy that we were talking about several episodes ago that charged five times more than anybody else for half the time. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy said, well, I can get another guy for like, half that price for double the time and he went yeah but I'm not available for eight weeks and why do you think that is yeah it's because I'm better so who are you going to go with (laughs) it was like okay obviously I'll go with you and whether or not that was true but the reality that that person was given was this guy's really good and that's why he's expensive and that's why he's not available and it's that exact same thing if you present yourself in the right way everybody's going to buy into the reality that you've you've presented whether that is in relationships whether it's in career or what if you can distort that and allow people to buy into it I think you can achieve anything one thing obviously you were saying how you got depressed and how you sort of felt that you sort of self-doctored yourself back into Mm -hmm. health do you think that I mean, I know I believe that because when I had a, I had a, I suffered from anxiety and I did the same process where I got myself over it. And again, just by, it's again, that sort of tricking yourself in a way and being, okay, I'm comfortable with it and working through it. But do you think there's a, do you think the quicker way around those sort of things is to actually bring people in? Like in your case, if you bring in a psychologist who loudens the voice in your head that says, no, you're happy, this is your person or People, I mean, people pay thousands of pounds to go to these motivational talks. Mm-hmm. You've got like Tony Robbins, you've got like Eric Thomas, and these people—that's what their job is to do—is to kind of speak at you so that you're reframing your mind faster in a way, and you're kind of telling these stories to yourself. It's it's the same process when we're listening to stuff. Yeah, I think to a degree, yes, but also to a degree, no, because if you go to a psychologist, for example, to sort out that mental issue that that psychologist is going to be able to achieve nothing until you open your mind to the possibility that they can. Mm-hmm. Because I could have you tell me over and over and over and over again, no, you are amazing, you're great, you're, you're great, your career's going to go really far. But if I've gone through enough experience where I'm going, no, I don't think I can do this, and I've had that much experience that my reality has been distorted to super negativity, I need to be open to you going yeah but you can achieve this you can achieve this and this is where i was saying you have to you have to allow allow the evidence to speak for itself because you're not going to change my perception whether you're a psychologist or what and yeah, but that's they're not meant to they're meant to sort of pull it out let you like they ask yeah. questions to let you talk to yourself yeah, in a way of course of course they do and we've had conversations where i've even come out of it and gone I, know I what just the my own is. question, yeah. yeah. And that's actually what we what started this conversation. Exactly. I, I'd spoken to you about a problem I was having for about half an hour. And then about half an hour later, you, go, you went, well, I'm having this problem with my business, blah, 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 blah. And then I went, yeah, but the solution is, but, and then I went, 
that works I've for me. I've just solved my own problem. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that and that is that. But but again, that's you distorting your own reality. So, in that same respect, why does the psychologist really actually? do much is they're just doing exactly the same thing that you need to do anyway and if you go in go in my reality is distorted I'm, I'm being overly negative then that's when things start to shift and and that's what happened to me when I was depressed I literally just woke up one morning and I went why the hell do I give a damn what anybody else thinks about me yeah it's not their life that I'm living I'm living my life so why do I care what they think and that's what changed everything but that's what people have to have when it comes to obviously starting their own business they have to believe like what if like what if i what if i did it does it like let me just go for it what's what have i got to lose let me just try it out see what happens mm-hmm. and i think yeah that's the sort of the steps that people kind of need to do in a way yeah yeah so obviously we've talked forever for like 50 minutes it's i know really to be honest, I, it was one of those conversations that i kind of wanted to talk about with you anyway so mm-hmm. i'm kind of learning as we go it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. i really feel this is one of those talking like conversation ones where we actually yeah yeah, change your perspective a little bit. Yeah, it? definitely. Um, but obviously, we talked about the positives, but also there are some serious negatives as well, uh, which we mentioned at the top about a reality distortion field turning into delusion. And if we kind of, because we've talked about Steve Jobs for the whole time, we may as well mention him on this side of things. Ultimately, I think, and I think many people would agree, that S- Steve Jobs' reality distortion field was the guy's downfall. He believed so solidly that by just eating right and, um, you know, being spiritually... Willfully saying to himself, yeah. Yeah, yeah being spiritually willing, himself, yeah. willing to kind of cure himself without... He, he refused medical help for a very long time with regard to his cancer. He refused it for ages um, because he convinced himself that he could cure it himself. And that was ultimately his downfall because by then it was by the time he did seek medical help it was too late, and he couldn't be saved. Um, and I think that shows the dangers of the reality distortion because if it becomes delusional, if it becomes, and that's why I said at the top, so long as you're not breaking the laws of nature or the laws of of physics or chemistry or biology, as long as you're not breaking those rules, anything is possible. And the problem was as he then tried because everything had been possible for him, I think he tried to break those rules that were, to a degree, unbreakable. Um, and, and so everything has to be relative to to that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But yeah, like, even there, though, like you say, the biological, the chemical, like, again, they are theories that have just been confirmed. Though I mean, people are breaking even biological stuff now and so he felt again he felt so powerful that he felt all right they some somebody came up with the fact that cancer can kill you somebody and it's consistent it's been shown that cancer kills you he's thinking actually people have told me all right i can't start a business based on these products wait a minute if everyone's saying cancer kills you what if i'm the guy that says no it doesn't yeah and that's that's where his reality distortion was to the extreme and Yeah. yeah it did get the best of him obviously but then there was another there was another thing i was actually um reading about and i mean a lot of the time people sort of bang on about how the wright brothers were like these two guys who went out there and made the airplane they were the first guys and wow they were how how great of them to come up with these ideas and then i started reading a lot because i was looking to read into about the reality distortion field and someone was saying how before they actually managed to get the plane to fly they would um meet up with other sort of enthusiasts enthusiasts in 
trying to build airplanes and they'd have these air show exhibitions and so there's 20 30 other people with the same mind frame as the Wright brothers saying yeah flying's possible mm -hmm. and they would say that at the end of the day at that air show you'd have a couple of deaths mm -hmm. and so you've got these people who in their heads they had these sort of reality distortion fields that yeah flying is possible for the human for the human but still people were dying and you don't really hear about the people who kind of give up everything pursuing their sort of they're pursuing that reality distortion mm -hmm. And I mean, there's several artists who you could say are delusional and the fact that they created these massive works of art and now, after, years after their death, they're someone who's seen as a genius. It's like, at the time, he might have gone through the whole life thinking, I'm delusional that I'm an artist and it's only after their death that people sort of started to take credibility of it. Mm -hmm. So there are some massive sort of dangers in there as well. Yeah, and I think, again, it kind of comes down to that, that fine line of... Uh, what is confidence what is arrogance um, because and again I think it's that's where you do have to kind of to a level look at the evidence and your reality distortion field does have to be relatively calculated um, to a degree because where Steve Jobs went overboard was the fact he, he went it is possible to cure cancer by eating well and there is no ev evidence anywhere that suggests that once you've got cancer you can cure it by eating well. I don't think there's any evidence anywhere to suggest that. I know I know they're definitely working on um, diets that can stem the growth of cancer. Yeah. I don't think it's been proven that, that you can cure it can it. totally cure. Exactly. And, and so that's where you have to kind of look at, at reality as reality. You can only... You can bend and distort reality. You can't break reality. And reality, all reality is is just something built off of experience. That's all reality is. Exactly. Um... If you look at, um, you know, a lot of the the myths of the world, the myths of the world were created because there was no evidence to 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 answer those questions, and so deities were created. So, you know, why does it rain? Well, we don't know why it rains, but so somebody must be making it rain. For example, it's just a mm -hmm. way to answer the question. Um, and the Earth being flat, <laughs> exactly. In our reality, the Earth was flat, and then somebody went, well, no here's the reality of it the world isn't flat and the world could be flat for all we know but nobody's actually but we've now really bought into the yeah obviously there's probably more science that it proves it is yeah, but <laughs> exactly so and then i think that's where you've got to draw the line is you can bend it but you can't break it and i think if you start trying to break reality um that's when things are going to go wrong it's like i don't know somebody that's saying you know i can i can will i've lost an arm and i can will it to grow back like you probably can't well well i i've definitely i have a friend who was told he would never walk again he was <laughs> in a car crash really terrible car crash and he was paralyzed i think yeah from the hip down said no chance you're going to walk again he's one of his arms was totally paralyzed and he just said it's not going to happen and over time but he believed that he was going to and slowly by slowly he's actually now walking fully and so i think there is that level i mean biologically i mean through what the doctor said they were like no no chance it's not going to happen but it's possible and i think there's more than what i've met two people that actually have been like that yeah. who've gone through that but but the guy that you that had the car crash what used musical therapy and things like that didn't yeah. he so he didn't he didn't break reality he distorted it mm -hmm. because the doctors had said it's never you're never going to walk again mm -hmm. and then there was somebody there that said well it could be possible if you try this method mm -hmm. 
um, which then bent the reality of you'll never walk walk again to you could walk again. And so then he went, well, I could walk again. There's a possibility I could walk again. So then he took that could and made it to a I will walk again. Mm -hmm. Whereas there was, if going back to Steve Jobs, there was I don't think there was anybody anywhere that said Saying, yeah, you can out. cure your cancer by eating right. There mm. might have been someone that said you can prevent cancer by eating right or you can slow cancer by eating right. But I don't think there was any evidence to suggest you can cure cancer by eating right. I know there are people out there who do claim you can and there are people who do get caught in exactly the same dilemma mm. that Steve Jobs did. But yeah, I think... It is such like a... It's a very fine line. Very, very fine line. Like, that's what I'm saying. That reality line could just be... It's so fine that <laughs> some people jump in, some people don't. Another thing I want to talk about, I know this is probably one of the most... I don't mind. I know we're going on for quite a while today, but I think it's such a big topic, and I, I just love talking about this, and I'm learning right now from you. And um, one thing we want to talk about, and where we're saying it's quite controversial is talking about religion and reality distortion. And I know we don't want to f obviously offend any audiences, but I myself, I'm, I'm not religious. I don't know about Likewise. you, Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not religious. So we were talking about this and we were saying how... do I mean, a lot of the people I listen to, a lot of successful people out there are very religious. And then we got into that discussion ourselves sort of saying do we believe that maybe religion acts as that sort of permission or that reality distortion field to allow people to go and do such amazing things? Because if you do look at some of the most successful people in the world, a lot of them are highly religious. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think in, in a way, as you say, the religion does create that reality distortion field because if you look at, again, Steve Jobs, he started life very early going, I am special. Quite often, particularly what Christianity does, is Christianity goes, you are special. You are God's children. You are here for a purpose. You are here to look after this world. That's what I've put you here for. And so all he's doing is exactly the same thing. Steve Jobs' adopted parents went, you are special, we chose you. Christianity's going, well, you are special, I, God, created you in my own image to look after this world that I have created. To be a therefore, perfect being, yeah. Yeah, therefore you are special. You have to strive for perfection. That's what that's what I put you here for and to create make this world perfect. So really they're, they're one and the same in that respect because then the religious person goes, well, I am here for a reason. God speaks to me. God gives me permission to do these things. The amount of times you've heard somebody say, I'm doing this because God God speaks to me and God told me that this is what I should do. Yeah, when they have that profound experience like a yeah. life or death. Yeah. And and not to, because obviously I don't know the answer, but is that God speaking to them or is that their reality has already been distorted to the, to the point of, well... I've been given permission by something or I feel this need to do something. And is that feeling a need because God has spoken to them or is that feeling a need because they genuinely believe that what they're going to do is going to change the world? Because, I mean, going back, using that story there, if, say, the day before you went to bed that night and some you'd bumped into someone very religious and he said, oh, here, take this Bible home or take this Quran home with you and I'll oh, pray for you good beings, the next morning you woke up and you're suddenly... Oh, I'm fi actually, you get that blast of thing that says, actually, fuck it, I don't care what people think about me. Again, that could have tied in, and then that could, that could be the thing that influences you to be religious. And I don't know whether people look for those patterns and see, well, has that religion come at a time where I needed mm -hmm. some sort of contact to 
change my reality and that's the same thing like i i could say that when i listen to tony robbins or eric thomas or any of these motivational speakers are they becoming my religion are they yeah. being my permission are they allowing me to warp my reality just enough so i can go and give myself mission to try do these things that i want to do well if you look at the the dove beauty patch again uh, is there a huge amount of difference between somebody going i'm going to wear this patch to make myself feel comf- uh, confident to praying to god the night before and saying please give me the confidence to do what i need to do is there a huge amount of difference there could be i'm not going to I'm not going to say that there isn't because I don't know. I don't. That's why religion is there. We don't know. Yeah. But if you look at the two experiences, they're very similar, except one is saying this is science. The other one is saying this is religion. This is divine influence that's given me the confidence to do what I want to do. But then are you then more confident because you, your belief says that God is powerful enough to make you that confident? But when you go right into it, when you like nail right down... All it comes down to is in your head, have you believed the, are you now just changing the biology, yeah, the biology of your brain to suddenly start believing that reality? Everything around, like we could say everything is in its way, I mean, use the word as religion as the sort of thing that changes the mind to suddenly think this new way. Mm-hmm. I know it's quite deep and quite profound, but yeah, no, it's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I think let's my brain's start. a bit fried now. I'm kind of like really overthinking stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. Um, so let's kind of start wrapping it up then, I think. I think that's a good point now that we've kind of thrown in some controversy in there. <laughs> got yeah, i got controversy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it is a really interesting subject. And as I said earlier on, I think it is actually quite... I don't a, think there's no definite answer in a way. No, I don't think we can... Each point all has... They all kind of bounce off each other, but absolutely. there's no direct this is what works (laughs) but again it is that kind of positive mental attitude thing which is always talked about so much um and it is that kind of any anything anything's possible if you work hard enough that sort of thing and and you know maybe it's true maybe it's just a numbers game who knows but can it really be that damaging if you take this reality distortion field and and try it and i think just I think what's the most powerful thing is to know that it all comes from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if I again, if we go back to like my depression that I had as a teenager, like that, I I got no help at all. I never went to a counsellor or anything. Nothing. It was all done through myself and done through my experiences. And it was it was it was a change of mindset. It was literally just one morning, just waking up and going something needs to change or why why am I doing things like this why am I letting these outside influences affect how happy I am and this that and the other and it was it was literally just a change of I can be happy if I allow myself to be happy whereas before I was I was allowing other people to make me feel happy or not and I was kind of putting my emotions in the hands of other people and and so I then took ownership of my own emotions and eventually sorted myself out and I think that's that's the thing as well because my reality was if other people don't don't like me in the way that I want them to like me or if other people think I'm this then I am that and and that wasn't the case and I took ownership of that and said if people if I'm if I believe that I am this people will believe that I am that and then they will like me they will they will return 
if, if I present myself as a confident person, people will think I am confident, treat me as if I am confident, and then I will become confident. <laughs> but it all started from you just yeah. saying, I'm going to take that first step. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's, that's the real trick, personally. So I know we were saying about... Um, well, actually, should we? Is it action steps or is it end quote for the episode? Uh, I know we didn't really have any action steps, but I mean, is there anything people can kind of go away and start kind of doing? Because I mean, there's a lot of people who are thinking about creating business who are maybe just want to, like yourself, just want to feel confident. Want to? Are um, there any action steps? Or is it something that's just going to have to bloom within <laughs> oneself? Yeah, I, I think I think it. I do. I genuinely think it does. It kind of needs to, because how many times have have you uh, have you gone through some sort of hardship and and somebody's gone? Yeah, but if you just think about it this way, and you go, yeah, but that's wrong. I don't feel that way. Um, and nobody can can tell you until you're ready to. And this is why I was saying about the psychologist. Nobody, the. the the only, as you were saying, the only reason the psychologist works is the psychologist makes you question it yourself. Nobody can tell you, yeah, but you are confident or you are good looking or whatever, you know. Nobody can tell you that. You have to believe it yourself. Bring it to your own awareness and exactly. believe it. Exactly. And, and, and so I don't think, I think it would be wrong for me to say this is the, <laughs> this is what you should do to distort your reality. I think you have to, you have to know it yourself and you have to know what you want to achieve and then you need to it, it is essentially just going what's the goal what's the goal and then and then make believing that you're capable of that i think as well like i think there's things that you want i know when i started thinking about entrepreneurship you're naturally pulled to talk to the certain people you're naturally pulled to books you're naturally pulled to like ways of learning and i think these things are that journey of they're all adding to it to your little sort of building up in your body do it's like sort of charging up and then you say okay myself i did all these things around it and they've allowed me to now say okay now i'm ready to say okay i'm an entrepreneur i am this kind of person this is how i'm gonna act mm -hmm. so i do think it comes from the outside experiences but it, as you say it's that one time when you change your head it's like, actually yeah i am an entrepreneur i am mm -hmm. happy i am and then that's it then it will it's your reality then yeah. and then it's just sort of as you say hoping that well not hoping but having the sort of um, feedback that says yes mm -hmm. you are that thing or yes you are that thing yeah and again it's sort of holding that balance for a long enough and i'm actually gonna uh, something that is totally relevant that i have c completely only just gone ding if i look at my career i'm an actor mm -hmm. my job on stage is to make you believe that i am going through whatever i'm going through Mm -hmm. It's my job to make you believe that I love my wife on stage. It's my job to make you believe that I f I f I'm in fear that I'm going to die. Those sorts of things, okay? That is my job, is to make other people believe that. The only way I make other people believe that is by projecting that onto other people. How did you miss this point? I don't know how. This has only just come to me, and I feel like I've just kind of blown my own mind. Um, but that is my job, to present a character or someone who's confident or someone who's depressed or someone who's upset or someone who's in despair that's my job is to project that onto other people and how many times have have you heard the stories of actors from like eastenders that are actual evil people and people have gone up to them and gone you're an evil person and it's like yeah. no i'm just an actor but they've believed that because they've presented that and they've presented that reality to someone i can't believe i missed that 
but that's again if you go there and then the story of whatever that play is is affecting my reality because mm-hmm. if it's a story about breakups and or a certain as they say all stories have their sort of own ethos their own sort of story in them or what they're trying to do to the audience or make the audience feel and it works again yeah. so it's all these realities are just building on each other's realities to hopefully bring up the human race in some way exactly I can't believe I uh, I know that's really obvious it is a really (laughs) obvious one it just kind of went but it just showed like you said earlier like it it applies to all aspects of life and these reality it's it's all about sort of self-development and forward in the world forward in everybody and it all comes from these little self sort of not delusion yeah this sort of um, reality distortion to Mm -hmm. move things forward but yeah, I think we should, um, I know it's quite a deep conversation, I mean, I've been learning lots about this, my stuff, doing a bit of research as well, and I just find it really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And there, are, there is a lot of like, um, there is so much like um, science behind this as well, the yeah. chemical changes in the brain, mm-hmm. the um, what lights up when you're visualising the future and... Well, a- again, to bring it, I can't believe this oh, acting God. thing is only just coming into... Is it into, all just coming into your mind It is now? literally, like, well, let's go for another hour. <laughs> um, no, like... We did something as part of our training. It was creating a character or creating an emotion. And you can do it two ways as an actor. And, and there is there is neuroscience behind this as well. Is you can walk around... You can say in your mind, I am depressed. And you will walk around as if you are depressed. Okay? But it also works the other way around. If you walk around as if you're depressed, your brain will then start to genuinely believe that you are depressed. Um, and so it does work both ways. If you if you present if you present to the world, I am confident physically. Even by holding your chest up, automatically yeah. puts your body into a. Yeah. Well, one exercise that we did state. as an example was uh, we had to to skip around the room, right? And then our tutor said, right, now skip around the room angrily. And it is just not possible. You cannot skip with attitude. It just does not work because your body is is presenting this this uh, happiness, and your brain is going. Your brain is going. Well, then I must be happy. And it's exactly that same thing. If you pr- if you present it in your mind, you'll project it to the world. If you project it to the world, your mind will go. Well, this is what I'm projecting. So therefore, that must be how I feel. And it's exactly that. Oh. Why that's I really like that point but it's true yeah yeah and that's it the it's like the flesh of what you're doing is actually going to rewire the brain into <laughs> believing but yeah let's start wrapping up anyway because i feel yeah, like we're going to sure go we'll on, carry on this conversation several, for like the next couple hours, of hours but. but i think we've touched on some good points and i hope that it's kind of made given people food for thought at least to maybe just try changing something to shift something in order to to kind of um create their reality distortion field which is a very very powerful tool so before we go on another segue because i can feel it might happen soon <laughs> let's go in with the end quote so um the end quote is by mark Andreessen, and um he says the difference between a vision and a hallucination is that other people can see the vision and i think that goes ex- exactly what we've just said with regard to projection and other people feed giving you feedback on mm-hmm. what your your vision was mm-hmm. in the first place or what your yeah and what we were saying about buy, letting people buy into your reality distortion field because if people don't buy into it they don't see it as well so therefore it's hallucination and you come across as delusional or arrogant whereas if people go yeah you told me to do that that worked therefore i see your vision as well and and that's that's where it fits yeah, that's, in that's that. the cycle yeah oh 
what an episode. <laughs> I know. I hope it's not too all over the place. <laughs> I, I hope. I, I don't think it has been. I hope not. Anyway, gosh. Never mind. Um, so. I think there's probably going to be a lot of feedback from this episode as well. I, th- I hope there is. I hope so. Um, and if you do have any feedback on it, please, please send us an email. Um, you can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com. And you can email me at gem at powerfulnonsense.com and at C-E-M. And I just want to say that if anybody can skip angrily, I would love to see a video of that. I think that would be wonderful. Yeah. Can someone please post on YouTube a video of them skipping angrily? We'll be very, very happy. <laughs> if it's possible. If it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, if you want to talk to us on Twitter instead of email, you can do that. You can tweet me at Wayne underscore Ingram. Or you can tweet me at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. And um, we're going to... no longer a new ebook. Sorry, what? What were you going to say about the ebook? I was. Yes, about the ebook. So I know we got on there, it says new ebook, but the ebook's been out for a while now. Some people have been signing up and downloading it. So if you go to my um, the blog at powerfulnonsense.com slash status go, yeah, slash status go, you can download my free ebook, which is the 10 unlearnings for the digital economy. Fantastic. Yeah, check that out. And also on powerfulnonsense.com, there is a resources page that has been set up, uh, which links to a lot of the resources that we talk about, particularly uh, the books and research that we'll often do before we do uh, an episode and talk about these things. Because although we talk from our own experience, we also like to back up everything that we're saying as well. So it kind of gives you resources. Just if you there is anything that kind of piques your interest, you can kind of purchase those books. Even technological stuff like what we're using mm-hmm. for to hold the website. So, um, yeah, to hold the website up and other bits in between there as well. All that sort of stuff. Fab. And as always, I'm going to ask again and again and again and well, again. Well, we're in the danger again. zone now, aren't we, of iTunes? So. Yeah, we're no longer on new and noteworthy. So uh, it's really important for us. If there is, If you want to thank us for what we're doing, we don't ask for anything other than please, please, please post a review on iTunes um, just to, because it really does kind of help boost the profile of the show and allow other people to discover the show and listen into what we're saying. And I mean, something like, like this episode is, is one that I think it would, could change, could change people and their, and their attitude and, and the way they see the world. So it'd be really wonderful if we could get as many people listening to this sort of stuff as possible and kind of make the world a better place. That's what we love doing. That's, that is exactly what we love doing. So, get your reality distortion field set up. <laughs> Change the world. Cool. We'll catch you next time. Have a great time. week. See you later. Bye bye.